0: Hello, welcome to the Connected Networker Show. This show is a global show that goes around the world to empower people with wisdom and knowledge from great entrepreneurs that work in various areas, including marketing, branding, publicity, media. On this show, I interview authors, CEOs, influence and networking organizations. Today, I have a very special guest, Jill McCabe, and I'm just going to read her bio to you here. Jill McCabe is an author and educator specializing in helping purpose-driven businesses create authentic brands and businesses that enable work-life balance. She's a serial entrepreneur and has built multiple multi-million dollar businesses. She holds an MA in leadership, as well as certification, executive coaching, team coaching, and change leadership. She has over 10,000 hours experience working with entrepreneurs and leaders from around the world and more than 20,000 students have taken her online business productivity courses. In 2018, Jill established Boom U, a training company focused on inside-out business and branding programs. Her work has been recognized by Forbes, Fast Company, Entrepreneur Magazine, Authority, and Thrive Global. She's appeared on numerous top podcasts and radio shows and has her own podcast, Thinking Vitamins, where she re-examined ways of thinking that are not helping us live happy, purposeful, prosperous lives, and offering ways of thinking that do. Her first book, It's Go Time, has been a multiple-time international bestseller. Her newest program, True to Brand, helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs create authentic messaging and marketing strategies to thrive in the age of AI okay so Joe welcome to the show that's quite the bio you've got uh, I just want to ask you before you did all this unlike uh, like a lot of people I've interviewed did you work also in the corporate world
1: no never so- I know many of my clients uh, are people who are exiting corporate uh, but I I was a consultant. That's the closest I ever got to corporate.
0: And how did you decide, you got a lot of hats you're wearing, how did you decide to get involved in entrepreneurship, like in a big way?
1: Because I was unhirable, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, first starting out, so it kind of does sound like you're talking about someone else At when I, when I think about it, but I was not a good student, I'm dyslexic, I was a high school dropout, and I was actually in theater and film. Uh, so I was in the arts. I tended to do better at that. And I, I left high school, sort of not really struggling to fit in. And I eventually, um, I'm just going to get my dog. Oh, we got a
0: dog. I love dogs.
1: I found a dog who's, and I kind of wanted attention. Uh, and I eventually, my first business was a restaurant Ooh. and it was in Toronto I'm in British Columbia now in Canada, and it. I was not the chef. I managed it, but it became internationally renowned. Uh, it was we were very passionate and it did quite well. And it was from selling that that I ended up uh, after seven years, ended up selling that to figure out what was next. And I fell into operational consulting because the clientele of the restaurant uh a number of them had witnessed my ability with business operations and said, come help me with my business. And I thought, I don't know anything about your business. Like I'm a dropout who is good at a restaurant. What do I know? I was in the theater. You know, I really felt like, are you crazy? Why would you want me to help you? And they said, Jill, your, your team has been with you for, you know, six, seven years, the whole time. This is a well-oiled machine. It was a high, end. like you're an amazing leader. And I went, no. And so I was kind of cajoled into my first few consulting jobs that, you know, one was in .com. That's what it was called back then. And then another, you know, then like construction and manufacturing and uh, other types of retail and other types of hospitality. So I really fell into it. And the Master of Arts in Leadership is something I did I got in based on my life accomplishments because, you know, I didn't I mean, I eventually had finished high school, but I hadn't had a, a BA level degree. But I had had I had at this point helped. I mean, at this point, I had helped people create almost 100 million. So I was allowed into the Master of Arts based on my kind of like street cred.
0: So you mentioned that you hold an MA. That's a master's.
1: That's a math, yeah, master's degree in leadership.
0: From university then? Yeah. Okay, so you did. I'm surprised because I didn't think when you dropped out, you just say you dropped out of school, that you couldn't get into university and get a degree.
1: I finished my high school and they made special accommodation uh, because I had had tons of letters from clients saying she is a brilliant business developer, leadership developer. And I had you know, an internationally famous business. So they normally know, but it was like, yeah, I had street credibility. And so I met, there was like a bunch of things that I had to meet in order to get uh, let in. Yeah.
0: So you say you came from Toronto. Was it the Toronto that you started to branch out beyond the city? You're worldwide now. So when did you branch out that big?
1: It was, I started putting courses, I had one of my ways of helping businesses grow, which was different than a lot of consultants. So a lot of consultants would come in and evaluate the business and then provide recommendations. My system was quite a bit different, we would look at why people weren't being empowered, because my skill sets were with leadership already. And that was having a clear and compelling vision and sort of differentiating values, uh, really deeply embedded. And then I would do skills training, productivity training to enable teams who were not as productive as they wanted to be. I would show them sort of performance skills to be more productive. And this empowerment uh, as well as this productivity was my sort of approach. And I took those those trainings online before covid so prior to people even knowing what zoom was i kind of unplugged and started teaching online and that gave me access to sort of a world market that i hadn't had before
0: and is there certain demographics or kind of business that you sort of work towards and help
1: 100 percent I, over the years, I mean, over the years, I was all over the place, as I mentioned, you know, manufacturing. So like, I was just like, I had no idea, but ultimately it's not wise in business to have no idea who you're serving. So now my specific niche uh, niche market is typically people who have uh, very highly thoughtful professionals and entrepreneurs who have experienced an existential crisis about sort of meaning of life and or their role in it. And they want to create a purpose-driven business. And typically, those businesses are either beneficial to, so like, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, and or to the environment. There's something that they want to do to make the world better. And those are the people I uh, have designed. Everything that I do now is designed for them.
0: And you sort of uh, go out to certain types of countries, too, like Asia is very intelligent or certain countries, you want to make sure they understand English very well and stuff like that.
1: Uh, So far, although I've had a smattering of, you know, clientele from around the world, uh, you know, I'm, I was just uh, speaking to someone from Hungary, you know, and someone from Dubai has worked with me and people from Singapore have worked with me, but that still represents, uh, and I could like keep listing, you know, those are the recents that are in my mind, uh, but, Uh, Bosnia is another recent one. Um, These are places where I will get like 5% of my clientele. Uh, Definitely the majority of my clientele are Canadian. And then the next market would be American.
0: So do you uh, actually market your business locally in in the Vancouver area then? Like advertising posters or on social media to get the word out Uh, about what you do?
1: So the question is, how do I market?
0: Mm. Like uh, local a lot of marketing
1: comes from doing talks so i do uh talks for universities and i teach about performance and or how to do brand messaging that increases marketing roi so for me uh, a lot of live talks is the way to go i also have an event called free first friday fireside chats i just completed one before coming on this call and that's open to my community where people, uh, consultants and coaches and, you know, alternative medical practitioners will come on and talk to me about building their audience and or being differentiated, how to differentiate themselves. And they'll come to me to talk about, you know, how to get their services selected, basically. And that's free once a month. So that's a marketing thing. Uh, And then those are, and then I, you know, I have a book, you know, my book, it's go time has been an international bestseller. So people will find my book and then learn about me and it's been a like multiple time international bestseller uh with and then I have um I have a bunch of courses online that teach productivity one that's very popular is beat procrast uh get unstuck beat procrastination for once and for all it's got you know like thousands and thousands of students in it so sometimes and I have a very science-based approach so people will sort of find me because it's not your usual typical advice on procrastination. And that will get them to follow me. So these are, you know, like we all do. We do a bit here, we do a bit here, we do a bit here, and things come together.
0: So can you tell us a little bit more about your book? Like how do you get the title? It's Go Time. What's that referring to go, Go Time?
1: Well, um, it is referring to the fact that it is a productivity system for service uh, service based businesses, but it's it is actually referring to the double meaning of it's time for me I've got to do something, but it's also it's time for me I've got to stop doing something and that that's around the existential crisis Barry. A lot of my clients have either had a personal illness uh, that has caused them to reevaluate their priorities and what they want their life to be about. Uh, just turn off these bleeps. So a lot of my clients, yeah, they've had, you know, either a personal illness or they're just, they can't be a part of a corporate environment that is so draining. I call, I like to say you know there's people have said to me like my soul was screaming at me like I couldn't be a part of this problem anymore and so it's go time teaches the order of operations to build a business based on your purpose so it first shows you how to find your purpose and then it teaches a formulaic approach to building businesses faster because a lot of people throw themselves, you know, they they just, they're all over the place. And when you're one person starting a business that it's almost impossible to succeed if you approach it that way. So because of my operations mindset and background, I created like, Hey, you're just one person, but you still have like an optimal order of operations. And by focusing on the right thing at the right time, you'll be more effective with your time and build that, you know, build that better life.
0: And I noticed that a lot of people during the COVID crisis lockdown got caught off guard. Have you encountered people that said, I I survived COVID or almost didn't survive COVID? And how can you help me? Because I'm in really bad streets with loans due and all this stuff.
1: I don't take clients in that position for the reason that, first of all, I I teach some of my courses are not me taking clients there. People could just go sign up, but I do encourage in my pre-sale materials. I'm probably one of the only business uh, development people out there who say, you know, really think about if you should be starting a business right now. In chapter six of my book, It's Go Time, I do speak about when to start a business. So one of the things you'll see a lot of business coaches out there sort of say, start a business with me. I can get you 5,000 or 30,000 in, you know, a few months. And I I can do that too. It's actually pretty easy to start a business and get someone to five to 30,000 in a few months. And I have a program ignite that does that. The trick is the strategies that you use to sell a business when you're brand new. Uh, are only one-time strategies. They're not really repeatable that many times because you're usually just reaching out to your network and people who know you and you're kind of like, hey, do you want to do this? And some people say yes. But to get to your next level of audience, you have to convince strangers that they should give you money. And convincing a stranger to give you money is an order of magnitude harder. And that's where you start to understand the power of a repeatable system for bringing you clients and you ask me what's mine mine's giving a talk when I give a talk I get clients people like I love what she has to say you know they reach out they take the next step they you know and some percentage of them do business so if someone's coming to me like you described Barry in that like oh my gosh COVID took me by surprise what am I going to do that um, leads to a desperation that when it comes to service-based businesses that are about empowering others, which are my niche. It leads to something called, you know, I've heard it called commission breath. Like the desperation for the sale is so high that it can almost push potential clients away. And I don't think it's wise to start a business from a state of desperation because a business, no matter if it's one person or lots of people, takes investment before even a restaurant, right? You're putting a million in before you see money back, or you're putting half a million in. Even independent businesses have to have investments and development and growth, and it takes three to five years. So I prefer somebody has a stable income, builds their business on the side correctly, using the order of operations until they no longer require. So I'd almost say just get some crummy job that pays you. So you don't have to think about it so that you can take your few hours a day. You can do some quiet quitting, I think it's called, right? You can take a few hours a day and build your business on the side, but you're not freaking out about where your bills are gonna come from. That's not a good That's not who I don't encourage that.
0: One company in the city here, he actually runs a, a stream, a, a chain of uh, shawarma con restaurants. He actually was very wise during the COVID lockdown where he pivoted and he created a local organization that supports all locals. So whatever those people could not do, his new company, and I think it's still running, support local, right? Which is a nice idea. Support local businesses. I think he had about 50 companies online He's a former football player. I was surprised. (laughs) A former football player, and if he was a great cup winner or not, actually took the concept of Ishwarma Khan and said, I need to help all these people. What can I do that they can't do? And so he created this organization where they delivered food and everything, and goods and services, or not services, goods, to people's houses. Local, it's called support local, it's called local Winnipeg or something like that. But that was interesting. And I call that pivoting because he he said, I need to help other local businesses. What can I do to help them? What what can't they do? And he found the niche. What they couldn't do, they couldn't deliver food. Nobody could come to the restaurant and eat. Well, I could still make food in my restaurant or a restaurant, whatever, and then deliver those goods out. Or I could still sell goods at my store, whatever shoes or whatever, and say, okay, you take these shoes and deliver them to somebody. So I thought that was a good idea. And he's still doing this local business.
1: What's interesting, so I thought you were asking me about professionals who got shocked through COVID. Uh, In terms of entrepreneurs, almost all of my entrepreneurs did better during COVID. So almost everyone in my community... And I had a few people come to me also in this situation. So not a, not leaving a job, but already having knowledge about how to be an entrepreneur. This that's different, right? Because now you already know what you have to do to be an entrepreneur, and then you're forced to pivot. That's happening again. I mean, COVID's not going to be the last thing that hits us. AI is in the is in the you know going to displace a ton of people once you're already in business and you understand the basic premise of business which is solve a problem for someone very specific use language that they would use to market to them then yes you're more able to pivot because you understand how business works just like when i was in my restaurant running it thinking how can i help you with your dot-com or how can i help you with your manufacturing company was like well don't worry you understand business and operations at the time, I didn't believe that about myself, but through many successful projects came to understand that businesses do have a lot in common. So I do think pivoting a business when you already know how to run one is uh, almost essential. In fact, very few businesses that stand the test of time didn't pivot. Most people find a better problem to solve as they go along. So that's that guy sounds like a smart guy, yeah.
0: Another thing too, I noticed... When I worked with a restaurant many years ago, they asked me to do a video production for them about, I'll call it an experiential video. I happened notice that this particular person was from China and they were doing the old ways of thinking. And I said, well, if you're doing the old ways of thinking, why would you want a video created to market a restaurant and a website? And in the end, we, we got some money from them, but. They went back to the old website developed by a cook. I said, "What does a cook know about developing websites?" And they, they, they just went back to their old ways. You know, the menu in the restaurant, no, yeah. no Facebook, no QR code, nothing like that, right? So they were old technology thinking people. I don't know how many business there like that, <clears throat> but you mentioned AI, right? People have to be careful of trends that will going to affect their business, right? We no longer need a receptionist because this AI will answer all our calls. I got an app developer working on that already, right? And all these AI apps popping up, most of them are from India, right? So people have to be aware that whatever was 50 years ago that might've worked, you know, the paper, the flyers and yellow pages is gone, right? We don't use yellow pages anymore. We don't use phone books anymore, right? We're in a different world now. So if you come from a place A country where you do use telephone books, well, we don't use telephone books. I don't know North America, but it can. I'm sure we don't use telephone books anymore. So I I think some companies don't understand that you have to put away your old way of thinking and start thinking in the 21st century. We're using cell phones and internet and text messaging, right? All this stuff and AI is coming soon, right? You got to get on board and see and maybe just analyze well, this how will this AI affect my business? I got a fellow in Winnipeg, he's going to do an AI workshop soon, and he's going to take what the company does, like if I'm in video production, right? Okay, what AI app would benefit you with video production? He'll go down the list and say, okay, here's an app that might benefit you, save you time, save money, and maybe make more profits right so he's going to analyze each business which i think is a good idea and so, okay this ai app might work for you look at it try that's it out a good, right
1: that's a solid uh that's a solid idea
0: yeah so he's going to do these workshops very soon but i like the way of thinking and he's from nigeria right and so i, I didn't even know he was into ai until it was that networking works and he brought up I'm doing AI workshops. Really? I didn't know you were into AI. So that's a good that's a good way to approach business to help them out, right? If he said AI is already here and it's going to get more and more, I heard $13 trillion, big figures out there, what AI is doing, all, a lot of investment going to AI, right? So companies have to say, oh, that won't affect my business at all. I just will sail on my 25 or 30 years of business and everything will be hunky-dory. Well, they thought that before COVID struck, right? And COVID affected their business. nothing's going to affect my business. Sail along for 25 years. I open at nine o'clock. I close at five, whatever. And everything is going fine. COVID was a big shock to the world, right? And they got caught off guard. So I hope that people with this AI coming won't get caught off guard and said. Oh, I didn't know that AI would impact my business again.
1: Well, it's going to, I mean, I already know because I've, you know, I, I jumped in as early as, as I could and have immersed myself in both training and community that talk about how to use it. And, you know, the, the knowledge industries, there's. Early predictions are that 300 million people are are going to be displaced and very soon. So, the nature of jobs is changing. The nature of certain industries is absolutely changing. The legal industry is completely being rewritten. Um, Like, there are industries that are in the process of completely changing. And, you know, some some people will use ai to create automations and simplifications you know there's there's other people who will use ai to build apps and deliver services i've been creating uh like there's already uh in almost finished ask my book anything ai chatbot i have an ecosystem of courses for professionals and entrepreneurs who are purpose driven and uh, from beginning a business right through to uh, growing. And uh, we're building chatbots. Like I have hundreds of hours of training in these different courses. Like there's a whole, you know, and then productivity and all of that. And so putting chatbots on them. And so that just makes it more, that's me thinking about the user experience. Uh, Because sometimes when we ask like open AI a question, If you're an expert in something you know often that the answers are pretty not great you know (laughs) they're the kind of lowest common denominator answer you can get which is good if you know nothing but it's certainly not at the expert level that an expert would be able to answer at at because it's taking an aggregate of knowledge and an aggregate of knowledge is not the best knowledge right so that's um Anyway, there are there are people who are certainly, and I'm one of them, saying that, I mean, I pretty much think that my grocery store might not have to do much to keep getting my business, and my plumber might not have to do much to keep getting my business, and my hairdresser might not have to do that much. But I will say that most industries will have to pivot or they will not be relevant.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that, that gets me thinking about, I wonder why... Companies like to say, I'm going to do it the old way. I've always done it in life and I don't want to change. They're always, they're always scared of that word change. I don't want to change. I'm happy with what I'm doing now. It's working. I'm getting customers in my place, buying products or services, whatever. And then look, along comes COVID said, okay, everything's changed now. You got to change because if you don't change, maybe when you reopen back up again, you're not going to have any customers. They're afraid to go to your place.
1: Well, there are there are phases of doing business. So one of my, you know, from my background in in consulting and, you know, now developing businesses for well over a decade, the early phase, like this is the point. We sometimes we're looking for advice, right? How do I grow my business? But if you were to ask even marketing advice, to answer that question before you say what phase of business are you in is not going to yield a good answer because how I market my business if I'm one year old five years old and 10 years old is a different answer and so the, the trick is what you're talking about you know people doing things the old way which I agree and it's working that's the part where my spidey senses uh say I doubt it because first of all if you have a business that's working the old way and it's working well then hallelujah go you know do it i'm in an area that has very low access to to alternative medical practitioners and so you see things like osteopaths and chiropractors that you can't get into for years i'm not going to go and try to help you change your business like you you clearly you know you have decades on the books you don't have to worry about it but very few people are in that situation what i find more is that people say I'm fine with how things were, but their sales have either flatlined or started a slow decline. And so they're now, instead of thinking about how am I getting new sales, they're now tightening the belt and they're going, well, how do I save money? How do I save money? How do I save money? Because I don't have enough money. That puts them in a scarcity consciousness and that scarcity consciousness keeps driving things down. So I would argue that there's most people who are saying old way are actually not necessarily increasing. If they are, then they should keep going. But if they're actually seeing a slow decline, they should be very, very like, oh, oh. Because as a consultant, I always got money coming in first, always get beans to count and then count your beans. Right. And so instead of like just coming and slashing like a CFO, we would always be like, okay, let's get sales flowing. And then let's get, you know, let's and then Also, you do need to manage how you're spending money, but you have to have money to spend.
0: So what kind of tips might you give to businesses out there, like we just have about five minutes left or so, uh, to make sure that they get on the right track?
1: uh, So what specific kind of business? Like
0: like entrepreneurs or, you know, small entrepreneur places, uh, maybe they're starting a new business or they're trying to get their business going in the current trends of uh, what's happening today.
1: Okay, yeah, so I'll speak to that. That's a great question. I'll speak to that um, entrepreneur who's trying to understand what to do in the current trends of today, which are definitely kind of preparing ourselves for a whole new way of business. I think the very first thing I would do is start learning AI. If like you mentioned a fellow who's gonna be running workshops, I would get yourself into as many of those workshops as you could just simply start to educate yourself on what this tool can do the first thing that i did is i started joining facebook communities and then i got into like another kind of an elite eventually through a networking group i got into sort of a a private uh, entrepreneurs across the globe community and then i was at a conference and there's a guy who's actually been advising the banks and he has a community. And then, so you know, you'll know you end up stepping up in your communities that you go to, but the first thing you wanna do is what can this do? What are the options? How are other people using it? You don't have to decide what you're gonna do with AI first, but to put your head in the sand, I think would be a big mistake. You don't wanna be the last one figuring this out, particularly because AI is an amplifier. It's an accelerator. The other thing, and this is closer to my work, And I'll say it quickly, but AI amplifies and can speed you up, but it can speed up disaster as well as success. And that is why I am focused on brand message. What are you saying? Because if you don't have something clear to say, and AI is amplifying a mucky, murky message, people, you might actually create more resistance to doing business because people hire don't want to hire people who they think are risky. And if the message isn't clear and it's a little distributed and it's all over the place, uh, people will get a sense of fear. We tend to trust people who are consistent. You can actually be consistently a jerk, consistently a nice person, consistently whatever. We actually trust someone who's just who is what they are. And you can think about your own life. So I would say not to use AI like a fire you know like a firing hose that you can't hold on to um if you don't know how you're going to focus that so figure out what you want to say then amplify uh so learn about it and then if you're going to use it for marketing don't let it market for you or that's gonna could make you invisible yeah
0: i'm kind of wondering too because AI is sort of semi-new what universities, college, or educational institutions are actually teaching AI out of the IT department? Because they would eventually get into that area, but I know they're, they're way back when with their books and everything, right? So they take a long time, sometimes too, right? To upgrade to the current trends. I know they do VR and AR in schools and robotics, but I'm not sure this AI will go into the curriculum of university colleges. I, education.
1: I happen to know several people in that world in business schools, uh, and I think they're going to be scrambling to put some stuff together, uh, you can't not, so probably, but they're to your point, I agree, they're certainly not the fastest at getting going on things like this so I think you do, you know, sometimes it's just getting out there and learning I would like that fellow you mentioned. I'd go to his workshop. I currently just enrolled in a 21 day challenge for AI. Sometimes it's not so much about, is this the perfect program, the best program? It's just like, go learn. And then as you learn, you'll become a more, you'll be able to critically analyze. So I think right now just get involved and get curious and have fun. I mean, have fun. That's the other thing, like Like, don't make it this like, oh no, what's this thing? I have a very heart centered community and we talk about how to use it with high integrity. So I think we can turn anything. It's a tool and it's the people using the tools that create what they create with it. And if you approach it in, how can this help me do more good then it will. Right. And I think if we approach it with fear, like, Oh no, it's taking over the world. Well, I wouldn't do that. I would approach it with like, all right, it's a tool. It's a tool, like a typewriter or a phone, you know, what am I going to do with this tool? It's just a tool that, wow, it's like a lot different than what I've seen in the past, you know?
0: And I think what people don't realize too, is the AI has created a new, yet a new another niche in the IT field, right? Yes. It's a brand new niche and it's going to employ a lot of people. If you become a master of some AI tool, then you can go say, I'm a master at this tool. I want to teach it. I'm confident I can write the curriculum and teach it and draw people into the class, right? So people sometimes don't open-ended think about some new technology, like the internet was new at some point, right? And we all embraced it. Now we can't live without it, right? So we'll see where this AI goes to, right? Because everybody embraced the internet on their phones, on the tablets and computers, right? So I think it's maybe take a while for that to come with AI too, that people will embrace it eventually.
1: And then, of course, we have uh, all these people on YouTube that can just teach us for free. I just think wherever you start, just start, just start learning, yes. evaluate the knowledge and keep going and growing. And and then you'll become more refined in what you're looking for. But the first step is just to understand it and yes. how it's changing industries.
0: So in, in the final moments we have, uh, can you just give us some website or you said you're on social media, how people can connect with you?
1: Thanks, Barry. I my website is the best place, jillmccabe.com. There's one C in my last name, McCabe. So J I L L M C A B E.com. I have tons of free resources, my podcast. You can download my book, my best selling book for free. Uh, my latest things that I got going on are there. So that's definitely the number one place to go to connect. And if you are on LinkedIn and you listened to this podcast and there was an idea that you enjoyed by all means, let's connect on uh, LinkedIn as well.
0: I'd like to thank you very much, Joe, for talking to us today. We had a good enlightening conversation about your restaurant world, your entrepreneur world, your AI world and all that stuff. And thank you very much for taking time out to talk to our audience and, and, uh, We'll hope they can connect with you. And uh, this episode will go live very soon. It goes around the world on Spotify and Anchor. So if you want to tune in, uh, I'm going to be happy to share this podcast episode with you too when it gets finished and I'll send it over to you. So thanks again for your time.
1: Barry, thank you very much for the conversation. I will certainly share the episode as well. I've watched your other episodes. I really like them. So I'm looking forward to seeing this.
0: Okay, well, thanks again. You have a great day.
1: You too, Gary. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you.